Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not and, uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast with these always. I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. And we're recording this a couple days late because, Casey, I understand you went on a nice little vacation. You got any exciting news reports to share for us? I went on a golf trip. Okay. I didn't particularly golf well, but it was a blast. Um, uh, part I was of the uh, Velcron Invitational. Was There was something about polar bears versus sharks? Yeah, so it's a uh, a golf podcast, Chasing Scratch. And at the very beginning, one of their long-standing friendship questions was, who would win in a fight between a bear, a polar bear, and a great white shark in a six-foot-deep body of water? Is there, like, no escape from the body of water? No escape. you got to fight. I say polar bear. I do, I do as well. And oh, one of the guys that... says polar bear, and the other guy says shark like a dubby. Yeah, I can't imagine, like... The polar bear, granted, the shark is going to be fast in the water, but the polar is bear... Is it, though? Because six foot of water, great whites are big. They are big sharks. That is I don't true, think it's going to move around very well. I feel like a polar bear just, you know, can just slap at the at the shark. Right. It has claws. They're giant. Yeah. They are Yeah, they're a, that's a big bear. I've also... Bear. I've never heard a story of a dude punching a polar bear in the face and living and getting about away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sharks? <laughs> yeah. All the fucking time. They're terrified. Yeah sharks you punch in the nose they'll they'll maybe swim away from you mm-hmm. you get lucky but yeah I, I don't think i've ever heard a story of a guy punching a polar bear in the nose nope, and coming back to tail to tail never happened <laughs> yeah yeah i don't i don't think that's uh that's very likely so we're obviously going to cover the purdue wisconsin game today um but i did want to point out 
uh, Jaden Ivey has started his NBA career. Uh, yeah, he has. And has looked pretty darn good doing it. Yeah, he, he do. Actually, just re- yeah, he do indeed. <laughs> uh, just joined Grant Hill as the only rookie in Pistons history. Tell me about to have, to have 50 points, 15 rebounds, oh, and 15 like assists it. over the first three games of his career. So, I mean, anytime you can be up there with Grant Hill, that's uh, that's pretty good company to be in. Granted, injuries kind of derailed the greatness of Grant hey, Hill, but hey, don't, I mean, he was don't still bring great. That in, don't bring that into the picture. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. Do you okay there, Hiccup? I. Yeah, I got the hiccups a second. I'm just great audio. I think it's that's what you get for trying to give him a hiccup, a little a little yeah, magic. That's mm. right. Mm. Yep. So I mean, pretty good, pretty good start for Ivy. He of course He's had a game. Good. He had a game in Indy the other day with some pretty great video of he took off his jersey after the game and and ran over to the crowd and gave it to Coach Painter uh, and they cool. hugged. I I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, got a lot of play on Twitter, which I think can only help. Uh, Painter and Purdue kind of look cool in the eyes of these young recruits. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it just speaks to the phenomenal talent of a player that Jaden Ivey is. It's really special to have someone that much of an athlete and his size and his ability to make the kind of plays he does all over the court. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is just such an incredible talent. And unfortunately, you know, he we only got a couple years out of him at Purdue, but he absolutely obviously made the right decision, headed to the NBA, uh, we'll miss him here at Purdue next season, but man, he he was just such a joy to watch, it's, even even though he could be frustrating at times. It's one of my favorite things is to have a Purdue athlete actually be transcendent enough to matter enough to root for an entire like professional team because he's that good. There's oh, not yeah. been a ton of them. Uh, you know, our very early childhood would be Mike Allstott, then obviously Drew Brees for a long time in the NFL. We haven't really had a basketball player since, you know, Glenn Robinson and even his NBA yeah. career was a little disappointing just because of how dominant he was in college. Um, but it, that was also, you know, way long ago. I, I, I remember that, but only honest, honestly, vaguely. So it's really cool. Someone that we watched every minute of play in their college career. And now for the next 10, 15 years, um, he's going to be in the NBA, going to be dominating by the looks of it. So good on him and good for us. Boiler yeah. brand is strong. Yeah, and uh, hopefully, as you said, 10, 15 years, he can stay at it. Love to see him get a championship or two, um, you know, some all-star team, some some MVP maybe consideration down the line. Um, it's going to be really fun to watch his career grow. Dunk uh, contest? Yeah, mm-hmm. he'd be great mm-hmm. at the dunk contest. I mean, uh, w- that would be fun to watch. Um, you know, I've, I've mentioned this before on the podcast. I've sort of fallen off as an NBA fan Years ago, you know, I grew up watching Michael Jordan and loving Michael Jordan. And then when he retired, it was, hey, I mean, you loved Michael Jordan, too, I'm sure. Let's not I didn't. pretend you hated I, I Michael hater. Jordan. Uh, uh, well, see, uh, Penny I hated Hardaway? Reggie Miller. I hated Reggie Miller. I hated Miller. Reggie Miller as well. Penny Hardaway. Oh, well, was, then we agree. Penny Hardaway was the first. Penny Hardaway was great. Um, so, so ran on that and watched that career flame out because of injury and then right. jumped on the AI Express very quickly. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. So. Yeah, I mean, hell of a player there, too. But so, I mean, really, after Jordan retired, I, I watched it a co- couple more seasons uh, with the Bulls, you know, after I'm talking second retirement for Jordan. So last time with the Bulls. And then I was just like, this is just not the same. And I really haven't gotten back into it since then. And I but I I don't want to be a Pistons fan. 
because Why? I, w- I was a Bulls fan for so long that I just have this ingrained hatred for the Pistons. Does that even count anymore, though? I, I don't that, think so. Cause, like, it doesn't, but it's like it's, it's, it's not a the same part sport. of sport. No, not at all. It's, not we at are, all. We are decades removed. That, that It's a likable team he's on. It's fun. Yeah. Him and Cade Cunningham together, that is a fun squad. Yeah. So they're actually setting up for what should be a pretty successful run there up in Detroit. So hopefully we can see more games um, with him out there and see some more highlights and wish him nothing but the best as he goes forward in career. But we certainly will miss him at Purdue. Yeah. All right. A little too good too soon. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Enough with the fun stuff. Let's take a break. Come back and talk about the game at Wisconsin. And we are back. So, as promised, talking about Purdue and their loss at Wisconsin. Final score, 35-24. to 24. Casey and I picked different outcomes for this mm. game. I picked Purdue. Casey picked Wisconsin. So he is right. I am wrong. I look like Charlie Brown thinking he can kick that football. <laughs> and Lucy pulling it away every single time. Always vote every... Lucy. You'll be, you'll be a very rich person. Start on <laughs> episode one. Go to the finish. If you bet on Lucy, you're going to yeah. do well. Yeah. Doesn't even matter the odds. Take a whatever. <laughs> right. Always bet on Lucy. How, how do we do on the Charlie Jones? Uh, so I was just pulling that up, actually. So for this game, you said uh, he would get seven catches for 77 yards and one touchdown. Mm. I said he would get 11 for 119 and two touchdowns. Mm. You were much closer than I was. He wound up with 10 catches for 105 yards. I mean, you had the, uh, you had the no catches touchdowns. and yards right. Just... Yeah, I I guess. Prolific is what you were expecting in the end zone. Yeah, yeah, so... (sighs) But, man, so before we talk about the actual game, I have to go on a little rant about ESPN. Mm, I'm sitting back, I'm ready, Lightman. Good. So, they schedule these football games in in tight windows so they can just get them back-to-back and hope that people don't change the channel. You know, you get on ESPN at noon for your game... You just leave it on there until our last game of the night is done. I get it. It's television. It's programming. They need money. They get it from ads. They want people to stay. So Purdue game is getting ready to start, but the game before us is not over yet, and it is clearly not going to be over when Purdue is scheduled to kick off. You're like, okay, no problem. It is the year of our Lord 2022. There is a streaming app, and in fact, ESPN in the corner says uh, Purdue – Wisconsin will kick off at 3.35. You can find it streaming on the ESPN app. I'm like, okay, I have the ESPN app, which, by the way, used to be the Watch ESPN app. Watch ESPN app. But that doesn't work anymore. It doesn't exist. So you have to have the ESPN app. So you go into the ESPN app. uh, It's got – you can go by sport. You can go by Watch Live, whatever. So you go to Watch Live. Purdue's game is not on there at all, not listed. So you're like, oh, maybe it just hasn't kicked off yet. Maybe it'll be an upcoming you go to upcoming, not in there at all. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing here. So I go to college football, look for that for it there, not in there at all. I specifically search for Purdue, go there. There's nowhere to click and watch the game, absolutely nowhere. And so I switch over to Twitter to see if the game has even started yet. And sure enough, everyone's like, game has already started. The people who are there are like, yeah, it's already 7 nothing. Mm. Wisconsin just waltzed down the field with so little resistance from Purdue. It was already 7 nothing. I have not been able to watch a single second of the game. So I'm like, well, this is terrible. And I keep trying, reload, close the app, start again, and again, not there, nothing there. Then all of a sudden I'm scrolling again through Twitter, 
AOC throws an interception, pick six. Purdue is down 14 nothing. The game has not even been on television. Purdue fans who are not at the game have not been able to watch a second because of ESPN's shitty app, and we're already down 14 nothing. Not ideal. If if that wasn't just what I should have taken from the day right there, I don't know what it was. It was just like a sign. It was a sign of you don't really need to watch this game. You know how it's going to end. Purdue was down 14 nothing within about four to five minutes of game time. And it was just really downhill from there. Uh, man, Purdue allowed 21 points in the first quarter. For the entire first half, Purdue could only muster three points, so went into halftime down 21-3. Uh, if you're looking for positives, they won the second half, 21 to 14. Mm-hmm. So that's good, I guess. Uh, and it's... while I was watching the game, really, Purdue won 24 to 21. Totally how that works. I think it is. It's sort of like an electoral college thing. Uh, you know, Wisconsin scored more points, but Purdue scored them more when it mattered. So ultimately, uh, they granted the victory to Purdue. Seems uh, a stretch I'm not of a metaphor, that, but, but... It, seem, it seems right. A little bit of a wayward. That's fine. Um, it's uh, yeah. It was an interesting game. Uh, you look at some things and you think, oh, Purdue had a pretty good day. They held Wisconsin to two of eight from third down. Uh, they only had four penalties for 40 yards. Mm-hmm. It's impressive for us. And we held them to, you know, 203 passing yards. And honestly, yeah, and only 13 and 21. And honestly, 178 rushing yards, not that terrible. No. Um, compared to what we've given up before in there. But I, you just, you can't go on the road. You can't go down that much early. And you can't throw three interceptions, um, particularly when one of them goes back to the house. Yeah. You can't start your day that way and expect to come from behind in Wisconsin. It's not going to work. We weren't very good on third down, 5 of 16 um, on our own. Uh, for long stretches of the game, our offense wasn't working at all. Offensive line didn't look great. Receivers didn't look up to the task. Devin Mockaby is a stud still. I, I, yeah. 23 carries, 108 yards, one TD. Didn't see that coming. Long of 32. So these were not, you know, he had some big plays in there. So there's pieces you like, but this was just a bad performance. I think this is the team that we have seen at times against bad opponents the last few weeks that we've been able to ink out a win. But we've seen this team kind of living in the shadows of those games. And the bright lights in Madison, well, midsummer. Mid, yeah. Mid. Mid mid fall, nice weather, uh, sunshine lights, uh, kind of just brought out all the ugly parts of the Purdue football team that we've seen. Um, their inability to consistently move the ball, not make mistakes, and a defense that it just even successes kind of feel like a sham at times. It doesn't feel like yeah. when they need to get a stop, they will, or we're not imposing our will on the other team, even though. I, our defense didn't entirely collapse. They p- played well enough to win if we had a good offensive performance that didn't bury our defense at times. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the the AOC pick six was huge. So if you take that away, because that is obviously not on the defense, they were not even on the field at the time, gave up only 28 points. And obviously you would love that to be lower, but we know what this Purdue defense is at this point. They they give up a lot of points. They give up big plays. But the thinking going into the season is that the Purdue offense would be able to score a bunch. So to see them muster 24 points against a team that was 3-4 and four going in and had already fired their coach, it's really disappointing. Um, and Purdue had missed opportunities. Um, you know, Finneran missed a field goal in the first half. And 
if he would have gotten that, maybe it changes the complexion of the game because <laughs> Purdue goes for two maybe, and then suddenly it's maybe you could get another touchdown, one possession game, who knows. But that's that's all speculative. But to have him miss a field goal, it just, again, was another blow when Purdue was really trying to get momentum. Um, and then, you know, Purdue has had a horrible time closing halves, closing games, allowing point after point after point. Well, this time, at the beginning of the third quarter, Purdue started with the ball in the second half. Uh, however, they gave up a touchdown after just 52 seconds to go down 28-3. to And, uh, I mean, there's only so much that you can come back from, and this isn't the Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl. So 28-3 was not going to be something that Purdue could come back from. And sure enough, it wasn't. 24-35 was your final. But it just it's yet another example of Purdue giving me hope and taking it away. Um, I really thought they had a chance against this Wisconsin team. Um, one of the most disappointing Wisconsin teams in recent memory, uh, but Purdue just gets punched in the mouth early and cannot recover. I think we are really, really missing Milton Wright. It, when I watch this offense, Charlie Jones is really good in space, and, but he's not a, I wouldn't call him a natural X receiver. He's not overly big. Uh, he's fast. So you know, that's good to take the top off a of defense. But I really thought Milton Wright last year, towards the end of the season especially, was just a perfect second option to David Bell. And he was so big and strong, uh, could get up to a catch point, bring the ball down. I thought it really opened our offense late. I think that was a big part of why we had a successful end of the season. And I think you could argue Brock Thompson could add some of that if he was healthy. Yeah. But the combination of uh, losing Milton Wright, took off our second most talented receiver, probably our mm-hmm. second yeah, best absolutely. offensive player, uh, playmaker besides quarterback. And then you add Brock Thompson missing as well, who showed what he could do in that Tennessee game. And it just seems like if it's not a quick hit to Charlie Jones, there's not much easy for AOC. No. And when no. there's not anything easy, even when we have the running game working now, which I think we do. Yeah, um, two games in a row. Devin Mockaby has been fantastic. Just absolutely great. It remains remarkable that you didn't believe in him from day one. Yes, that's exactly and what happened. It's it, it's just when AOC is stepping back to pass, there's not very many release valves. There's not a guy that can threaten safeties and pull a whole side clear for a crossing route. And I think we're, we're missing that with either Brock Thompson or Milton Wright. And I think it allows defenses to play really aggressive against us and really attack our receivers and go for routes. And you see it. Three interceptions for Aiden O'Connell. He's got to be better than that. But it could also be a lot easier if we had... I think we have a lot of really good third-ride receivers, but I think we're missing a, a legit number two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and like you said, you lose Milton Wright, you lose Brock Thompson. There go two guys who easily would have slid into that spot. If not Milton Wright, you know, taking... He might have taken the role that Charlie Jones is in and had Charlie Jones slide down to number two. Um, I, I think I don't want to sell Milton Wright short... Or Charlie Jones, but I mean, Milton Wright was so damn good last season. Um, it was unfortunate that he had to miss the bowl game last year, but it was, again, it was it was an academic issue, and he was ruled academically ineligible for this season. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you just, you would have hoped missing the bowl game would have been a wake-up call, like a slap in the face, like, oh man, this, I'm, I'm losing my opportunity here, but apparently that was not enough uh, for him to kind of get his head right. And because of that, Purdue truly is, I think, suffering a little bit on offense, as you said, not having a true number two receiver. But 
you know, we're, we're, they're trying to make do with what they have. Mm-hmm. Um, Payne Durham, 66 yards, one touchdown. Uh, did you see the video of the Charlie Jones catch uh, that I, I don't know if you I don't you, think so. So I, I missed part of this game on my trip. That's I understand. I was telling I the people, <laughs> the people need to know once right. again, I'm unprepared. I know. I know. So, yeah, this was uh, I forget. I think it was in the either the third or the fourth quarter. Uh, Jones was going down the right side of the field. AOC threw it deep. It bounced off his hands. Him and the corner were falling backwards. Ball get kicked up in the air, and it lands right in Jones's bread basket, and he mm. catches it. I mean, it was just – it was an amazing catch. I'm mm. going to send it to you right now okay. uh, and have you watch it, and I just want to get your reaction uh, to it live as we record here. So I just sent it to you in our chat uh, on, on GroupMe, so you should have it in there. Uh, but I just want you to watch it and see your thoughts. Hear your thoughts. Lo- loading up now. You need to see this Charlie Jones catch. I think if I turn the audio on, the people at home will be open. You probably would, yeah. Flat on his back. I mean, this is as good of a catch oh, as no. we've ever seen. Oh, Ooh. my gosh. <laughs> Didn't even fall in his bread basket. He had to go reach watch out and grab it. Yeah, yeah, that's true, true. The oh, that's nice. I like it. Yeah, so just an impressive catch there. Um, it just shows you kind of the, the focus uh, that he had on that play. Purdue did get very, very lucky uh, on a uh, what was ruled an Aiden O'Connell touchdown, a rushing touchdown, because they did a quarter quarterback sneak. I do not think he got it when they reviewed it, uh, but the refs left it as is. So Purdue got lucky on that one. Ultimately, it didn't end up mattering. I mean, it, it didn't have an impact on the, on the game, mm-hmm. but, you know... <laughs> Was gifted, we were gifted a touchdown and still couldn't find a way to win. So our, our biggest issue is definitely not wide receiver talent. Our secondary. Oh, yeah. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We are missing athletes, um, natural instinct players, good players. Um, we're missing a lot of those. And it's, it's very apparent at times. I, I'm not sure... My assumption is Cam Allen is hurt because he has not looked like the player we've seen him look like um, when he's playing well. And just in general, the vibe of this defense, the secondary in particular, I'm not I'm not really feeling it's not for me. OK, I, I mean, I get it. It's I, I do wonder. It does seem like something has gone on, but this Jefferson out doesn't help. Right. Right. But it's hard. It's hard to really, really win in a league with you know, and we're not playing Ohio State this year. We're not playing Michigan. The best of the wide receiver talent we haven't had to go up against. Thank goodness. Yeah. If we yeah, had I mean, to play I, Ohio State this year, 
Yeah, that those Ohio State receivers would burn us for a lot of yards. So it, I just don't know until we can figure out how we can get that kind of talent in. How are we competing on on the big stage? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know, especially now because just like you talked about at the first part of the show, how different the NBA is from you know twenty, thirty years ago. It's the same way with football of all stripes, college, NFL. It is so much more re- reliant on the passing game. It is so less reliant on, you know, three three yards in a cloud of dust. You got to have great athletic corners. You got to have safeties who can, you know, run all over the field. You got to have linebackers who can cover the tight end. And Purdue doing fairly well at the linebacker position, uh, but does not seem to have the corners and safeties that can really keep up with the big boys in, in this league and around the country. And it is starting to show um as this season goes on you know just big play after big play yeah it's whether we're not doing enough a scheme to make up for that or it is just a lack of talent it's it's just we rely on a lot of smoke and mirrors and we got spoiled last year by having george Karloftis, and that's a that's a five-star stud that just happened to grow up well not even grow up come to our backyard in high school and without those kind of lucky miracles of superstar talent are we bringing in any of that and if we're not i mean this is kind of the the dark side of college football there's only like five schools every year that has a chance and i I don't know what the path is to to even challenge fully in the big 10 yeah i mean it is true i mean we talk all the time about how there's so much more parity now than there used to be but that's true only to it's true only to an extent the top teams are still the same top team. Um, and even when a team falls out for a few years, they always come back. Um, you know, you hear every year about Texas is back. Uh, USC is going to turn it around. Uh, Notre Dame may be down, you know, for one year, but they're right back out of the next year because they keep getting the recruits. They've got basically unlimited pools of money. Mm-hmm. And it is so, so hard for a team that has not been a historical power to crack into, you know, forget the college football playoff, just, you know, winning your conference has become so difficult because there are just, you know, there's generally one or two teams in a conference that you expect can win it. Other than that, it's going to have to be somebody who gets lucky. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, it sucks. You kind of got, I mean, you got to get lucky with a quarterback or gel a offensive line that sticks around for four years and we've had some wide receiver talent and we had Karloftis and just besides that even AOC a miracle a walk-on really good not enough to jump us up into another tier and I think that's probably the answer one of these quarterbacks we have to hit on but even the possibility of that doesn't seem as good as it did 10 years ago when we were you know getting top 10 quarterbacks in the country so I don't know it's I (sighs) I think the the loss hurts more because it it was kind of predictable. Because, like I said, we've seen this Purdue team kind of creep into a lot of games where they still manage to win lately. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, I would be surprised if we have another gear to completely turn around. Then again, that is that that's probably our toughest test. So that. I mean, I don't know. Illinois apparently might be good. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's I, I don't know either. It's hard to believe, either, but. It is hard to believe, but until they show me otherwise, I guess I have to believe that they are. I mean, they got beat by IU, but <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Purdue, so I think we've wallowed in our sadness enough. Yeah. 
Purdue still does control their own destiny in the Big Ten West. Um, if they win out from here, they will win the division. Even if it's a tie, they would have you know they would have the tiebreaker over um, Illinois at this point because they do have a head-to-head. So if if Purdue wins right. out, that includes obviously a win over Illinois, and that would mean a Big Ten West title, which would mean either a showdown with either uh, Michigan oh, or Ohio I State. I am not ready sir. in Indianapolis. I am just and that's and uh, I'm probably gonna have to go that, to that game, Lenman. That yeah, that's, yeah, you'd probably have to cover that's my that reveal one. this this episode. Um, <sighs> I don't want to go to that game. I, I, yeah, I don't think it would be very fun. Indie uh, and so, winter, not my favorite. Well, I mean, at least it's indoor. Yeah, but you have to like go outdoors to get there. <laughs> that is true. It's hard to <laughs> it's hard to go places without going mm-hmm. in, uh, outdoors at some point. Yeah. Uh, so we actually had somebody during the game on Saturday, or maybe the day after, um, tag us on Twitter and say, you know, what do you think would happen? if this team played, you know, a top five team or a top Ooh. 10 team. And I mean, I think we, would those are two different here. questions. Top okay. five and top 10 are completely oh, I can't, different. I can't, I can't remember the exact question, but my point is this. I said, you know, we could probably be competitive for a little while, but ultimately we just wouldn't be able to keep up. Um, and somebody <laughs> called me out on Twitter and said I was a non-believer and like, they were not joking. Like Ooh, they, I hope they don't listen to this and, episode. Like, right. And, like, dropped the F-bomb, and I was like, sir, uh, what, what are you thinking? What has happened this? I, I don't understand. Like, are we carrying that much weight with the Minnesota game? Because that's the I only thing you can point to I this season. Being like, oh, Purdue, le- legitimately top-tier talent. Just just one of the best programs. Yeah, they have, I, I don't know. They're 5-3, and three, and had, some of the wins are fluky. Some of the losses are fluky. None of them we've looked dominant. It's... It's been one of the weirder seasons and mm-hmm. fully believe that winning out is possible. Would not, would not be shocked. No, no. I mean, it's, it's just such, such a weird season, you know, losses that should have been wins, wins that should have been losses. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just hold on to your seat. The, the, Cause it's about the, to get yeah. wild. We're about to play game. So that was the one fruit. Like, like you said, if we went out, we're going to the big 10. Like that's wild. Yeah, like the pressure yeah. will start if we beat Iowa at home in two weeks. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, if we go so to Illinois, it, that's it. And then if we can handle those two, God forbid that we can't take on a Northwestern team at home in that IU program. Yeah, I mean, imagine imagine winning the next two, Iowa and Illinois, and then tripping versus Northwestern or at IU. I mean, Ooh. that would just just be the icing on top of a perfect season. So. And that's where I think you have to hold on to, okay, ASC is not going to be mentioned in the Heisman, but he should be and is good enough to guarantee wins against those two opponents. Yeah, I I would think so. I mean, he's going to be the most talented player on the uh, field by field. Both both teams, both games. Both games. So, yeah, we've got a two-game stretch, you have to hope, and it's against one of the worst offenses in the country. That... This Iowa game has me very intrigued because their offense is garbage and their defense is really good. And I don't know how I feel about that. So that's going to be a fun one to preview. Okay. I found, I I found the tweet. (laughs) Okay. So somebody asked, it was during the Syracuse game. Okay. Cuse football is up. This is Joe, uh, Blauvelt one on Twitter. Cuse football is up big on the road against number five Clemson. Honest question, is Boiler Football better than Clemson, and could they compete against most top 10 teams? So top 10. Because we lost uh, bonus to Syracuse questions. closely. 
<laughs> right. What teams would definitely beat them? I said, could they compete? Yes. I think we could compete with Michigan and Ohio State. Do I think we'd win? I do not. Certainly would beat Bama, though, because Saban fears Purdue, because we handled him at Michigan State. That is obviously sarcasm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this Purdue team can hang with anybody and get their blow- doors blown off by anybody. So we got four games left. Uh, as you said, Iowa, one of the worst offenses that we've ever seen. Illinois, a team that no one knows if they're any good, but is currently ranked 17th. And then the final two against the bottom dwellers of the Big Ten in Northwestern and IU. Yowie wowie! Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting. Going to be interesting. It, that Final Four stretch is happening right as basketball starts. This is going to be a whirlwind November, folks. Mm-hmm. Strap in. We're going to... We're going to see some things. It's going to be a weird vibe in West Lafayette. Yeah. Yeah. So no game this weekend, which is great because it hopefully allows some of these guys to get healthy, um, you know, get their minds right, get back into uh, a good headspace and ready for a home game against the Hawkeyes. So uh, I think we're going to record one more podcast. Nope, this week. We've got some uh, breaking news. Oh, no. I think. Can can we trust a random thing on Twitter from Old Boiler 52? Uh, probably not. But let's give it a go. Well, you said probably not. Now I feel now I feel weird. Oh, that no, I no. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> is, is that real? I don't know. Oh there might be big God. news. I don't think that's big news. I think that was what was going to happen either. It, it honestly that makes it an easier call, and we all are better for it. Yeah. Okay. Let's just say. No. Just say no. No. I don't think oh, we well, should. The, it's injury. We're fine. Yeah. They'll they'll see it by now. But anyway. Um, so yeah, I think we're going to record one more this week. No more, um, since there's no game this weekend, it'll be a little different, but, yep. um, we want to record one more for you just, you know, to give you something to listen to. Cause I know you miss us when we're not around. So, uh, there you go, folks. That's it for this one for Casey, myself. Thanks for listening. Boy, Boy, the rock. The rock.